0: Our backs tell stories no books have the spine to carry. Rupi Kaur, author and poet. It's
1: this week on Point Black. It's almost like as a Black woman, you're expected to suffer with your man before you are seen as worthy of his love and a lot of times we stay in these relationships trying to one two three clear trying to put life into dead things welcome to point black
0: Hello, everyone. It is another Friday, and Camelia and I are back again. Thank you so much for being with us. I know I, for one, have longed to connect amidst the unrest and quarantine that have been happening, and I'm just so happy to be with you all. As usual, we like to check in with each other to see how our week has been, and with so much going on, I think it's definitely needed. So, how are you, Camelia?
1: Tash, I, I don't know. Somebody asked me that question today, and I was just saying to them that I can't say I am good. I can't. I don't know what I am. It feels like something has fallen off the shelf inside, Mm. and I just don't know where it fell. So I don't know how to pick it back up. So there's no one emotion. There is no one word to describe how I feel. And if I were to try, though, I'd just say tired. Mm. tired. And it's not a physical tire. It's just this mental and emotional fatigue that I'm feeling. I, like, I'm just tired. How are you? Ah,
0: more of the same, to be honest. I feel like, I feel like there's a disconnect. I feel like somewhere along the way... Everything shifted Mm -hmm. and for a few days I felt angry like I could actually identify that emotion
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then between yesterday and today I actually felt broken and I felt broken because I realized that so many of my relationships were actually... Like withering away because of what's happening, mm. because of uh, a division in thought in terms of you know like just how we see the world and what's happening right now, and that was hard mm. that was hard because these were relationships that you know I held close, and as much as I tried to to foster an environment where I could still give love to that person and give acceptance despite the differing opinions. There was a feeling on the part of that person that our relationship wasn't worth seeing past Mm. the difference in opinions. And I felt like that really buried me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I had a really hard time processing that, but... I'm in a better place now, thankfully, because, you know, I'm growing. And as I grow, I've realized how important it is to protect my space and protect my peace. And to have other
1: persons respect that as well. If you don't mind me sharing, we're talking, it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. I told you to unplug. And you said something to me that even last night, like before I fell asleep, it kept coming back in my head. And just mm-hmm. unplugging doesn't work because it's in me. And yeah. Like, oh my God. Like that's yeah. what it feels like. It's like all these things are happening on the outside, but what you feel like is so deep inside of you, that like, turning off your screen or that like, it doesn't take it away. It doesn't go away mm-hmm. with because it it's in you. I eat, sleep and breathe this reality now, you know? don't know last week I was confused this week I'm still confused all right so now that we're done checking in we're going to move further along into the discussion that we started last week black women and the burden of strength and so last week we looked at the church's role in enforcing and continuing the stereotype this week we're going to continue looking at the same topic but the societal pressures that force black women into that role the gift of life first stands me to this day I give it up for the woman She's the constant wind that fills my sail Oh,
0: that woman
1: With a smile and a star
0: She'll protect you like a child That's a woman I'll just jump right in. Outside of the church, how would you say societal
1: pressures force Black women to be strong? Hmm. The first thing that comes to mind is the robbing us of our men. So for example, we saw the Karen video where this black man was bird watching and this white woman was in the park, she she was supposed to have her dog and at least she didn't. He asked her too, and it became a whole thing where she faked um, that she was being threatened by this African American man, and she ensured that she put that in it when she called the police. And we know that these interactions don't generally end well between police and black men. Mm-hmm. And like that, a father is taken, a husband is taken, and it now becomes that woman who he's in a relationship with, if he's in a relationship with, It becomes her burden to take care of the kids. So in addition to all the other expectations, all the other burdens that she was carrying, she now has to tweak whatever it is that she has to do or she was doing to fit into this role of being mother and father to these kids. And so that's a pressure that society puts on us and we, we don't get the option to say oh I can't or I will do this later. We just have to snap into it, find that extra strength to carry out that role. So that's the first thing that comes to mind.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And speaking about being thrusted into that role of you know being both parents and having to raise children on your your own, I also think about how the family and the community also put pressures on. Black women in terms of motherhood and the constant questions that you get as a Black woman. So first is, oh, um, so you're not dating? When are you going to find somebody to date? You start dating. Oh, so when are you going to get married? You get married. Oh, so when are you going to have kids?
1: Mm-hmm. Right, that
0: there's always this other step that you need to be trying to meet. And the stage that you're at is never good enough. So I feel like that's one of the ways society pressures us into, you know, extending ourselves beyond
1: where we would want to be if the choice was ours. If I got a dollar for every time I was asked that, because I'm a single 30 plus, and it comes from outside and it comes from inside. So inside your home, your family is asking like, when is this going to happen? And if they don't think you're progressing in a manner that they like then it becomes Mm -hmm. wrong with you that can also cause you to question yourself because before in your head in your mind you know that there's nothing wrong with you with all these questions and all these pressures sometimes people jump into relationships have kids get married just to say you know what the pressure is too much let me just give in and succumb to it and i don't think that sometimes the people who are asking these questions i don't think they mean any ill intent or they have any ill Mm -hmm. intent But I don't think they understand the pressure that they put on people. And sometimes that's not even your desire. Who says you want to have kids? And who says you want to get married? But I don't think they understand just how damaging that can be.
0: Mm -hmm. And even worse, so when you're doing that or your current situation is not by choice. So for women who can't have children Mm -hmm. and they keep asking you when you're going to have children without even knowing. At the context of um, your situation. Mm -hmm. But that is a topic for another day um, that we'll explore. But you mentioned that sometimes under these pressures, we tend to jump into relationships just to appease our family or friends or the community. And one of the things that usually happen is that we jump into the wrong relationships. And then you're now pressured to stay in those relationships because of, you know, the commitments or the decision that you made. Even though these might not necessarily be good matches, good partners for us, we're told that, oh, you know, you have to suffer through that relationship. Almost like you have to prove yourself yes. as a woman to enjoy when things are good. So if you can't be with me in my bad times or in my down times, then
1: you're undeserving of me. It's almost like as a Black woman, you're expected to suffer. With your man before you are seen as worthy of his love or his time or whatever. And a lot of times we stay in these relationships, even though um, there's this guy I was watching today, and he's like, You're a yam head. If you're (laughs) trying to resuscitate, he's like, You're. Okay. Shout um, out to Dandan. Dan. Exactly. If you're on Instagram, yes. follow him for a laugh. they are dead, and you're trying to one, two, three, clear, trying to put life into dead things. But a lot mm-hmm. of us t- stay in these relationships and we try to put life back into them because of the shame. We think that if we were to walk away, there's a shame that comes with it that, oh, you couldn't keep a relationship or. you You weren't good enough. Right. But as Danden said, you're a yam head. (laughs) You are a yam head. (laughs) Another thing that comes to mind in terms of societal pressure is the fact that as a black woman, as a black person, you have Mm -hmm. to work 10 times as hard to prove yourself while a white man or a white female will just show up and get it. Sometimes you are 10 times more qualified than they are for a particular job, but you still have Mm -hmm overexert yourself to prove that you are good enough that causes stress on you physically mentally like it takes a toll on you but it's a Mm -hmm. person every day and we face and we face it with grace and poise, and we don't necessarily complain because i guess in our heads or in our minds we have accepted that this is how it is i
0: have to agree because when you think about black women Like we're always the least in comparison to any other other group. So if it's a situation where it's black men versus black women, Mm -hmm. then black women would be the least in that group. And if it's a situation where it's white women versus black women, we're still the least in that group. Mm -hmm. So society as a system has marginalized us so much that unless we're strong, unless we're doing X amount of times better than, you know, whether it's our male counterparts or, or white female um, counterparts, then there is really no room for growth or advancement or success for us. So between racism and sexism, you find that we have to be strong mm-hmm. unless society is going to eat us alive. And I think that as Black women, we are a representation of every Black woman. That is a burden. That is a burden and a half. Yes. I, like, I'm feeling stressed just just thinking about it. You are not judged on an individual basis. You're judged collectively as a unit. Mm -hmm. And that pressure is, it's almost unbearable because you understand that your, like your display of character in this moment, in any moment sets up the whole way of thinking Mm -hmm. about black women in every single aspect. It's not just, oh, this is Tashika and she behaved this particular way Mm -hmm. or her response was this or her perspective was that it's Mm all black women think. And bearing that burden is, it's heavy.
1: It is ignorance though, not on our part, because our white counterparts, they get to be judged as individuals, right? Mm -hmm. For you to see me walk in a room and based on my behavior, my demeanor and all of that, you're going to sum up every other black woman. It means that you're super ignorant. But at the same time, we know that this ignorance is in abundance in certain spaces. And so we Mm -hmm. have to represent, we have to be ambassadors for Black women everywhere. And it's heavy.
0: Definitely is and I think. Like it robs us of being our authentic selves and painting like a holistic picture of who we are as persons.
1: This is the part in the podcast where we remind you that we love two-way conversations. So since we're talking to you, we'd love for you to connect with and talk back to us via our various social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Point Black the Podcast and on YouTube, we go by the same name. We invite you to follow, subscribe, like, share, and leave us comments so we can start building the relationship with one another.
0: And the first episode of our book club between the covers goes live at five this Sunday. We invite you to join us on YouTube to discuss a Chapter One of Rennie Edo-Lodge's book, "Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race." Come read with us.
1: We'll now return to the second and final half of our discussion about Black women and the burden of strength. So don't you This pressure, Mm -hmm. strong, and us actually trying to attain that title. Do you think it impacts our identity in any way, shape, or form?
0: It does, because I can't really say that um, there's somebody who listens to this podcast and they're probably going to know exactly that I'm speaking (laughs) about them (laughs) when I say this. But there is an older woman that I know, Mm -hmm. and we always have this conversation that I can never feel comfortable bringing my authentic self to any room. Mm -hmm. I always feel the need in some way to conform to either some expectation that others in that room might have of me Mm -hmm. or some expectation that I have placed on myself as a result of my socialization. Mm -hmm. So there is never a space where I feel like, I don't even know if I know who Tashika is Mm 100%. Because so much of who I am Mm -hmm. has been molded and shaped by other people's opinions or by other people's desires for my life so I feel like the strong black woman is just another facet of that
1: yeah let's not just jump over what you just said because what you just said is really powerful like I find it to be powerful where you say that at this point you still don't know who Tashika is and Mm -hmm. I relate to that because I have a friend of mine And I think about a year ago or so, she said it to me more than one time. She's like, you still don't know who you are. And I became defensive. Like in my mind, I became defensive because I'm like, no, I know who I am. And she's like, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. Like you are still searching. And Mm -hmm. I started dissecting it. And I relate to that so much because I find that to this day, I'm still searching for who I am. Parts of me I get. But part of me, I'm like, I don't know. And I feel like a lot of it is because of all these different expectations that I've been trying to meet without actually recognizing, like, what it is that I want for myself. Like, who are you as a person outside mm-hmm. of all these expectations? Strong black woman and educated, and all of these different things. Who are you?
0: I'm glad that you touched on that because. I seem to be having a lot of these conversations. But I was speaking with um, Monica, who we interviewed last week.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: one of the things she asked me before we started our interview was, you know, it was kind of like having a little chit-chat about who I was and why I wanted to do this in the first place, this being this podcast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went on this whole spiel about, you know, my education, my work experience, all of that stuff, which is good and dandy. But if we were to take, like so much of our identity Mm -hmm. is formed by our achievements as opposed to who we are. So if I took my degrees away, if I took my work experience away, who would Tashika be Mm -hmm. at her core? What are the experiences that make me me
1: mm-hmm. and i
0: struggled
1: i remember going to a camp years ago i was much younger and the gentleman he was doing some workshop you know and he was going around and asking people to introduce themselves and tell us like tell us who you are i don't remember if it was me who started talking or somebody else and mm-hmm. I, no, no 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 like that's where you're from that's who your parents are that's what you do but who are you and i don't remember everything that happened but what I took away from that somebody had introduced themselves and they're like my name is and he's like no you're so wrong you are mm-hmm. your name and so when you introduce yourself for you introduce yourself but I am and from that day I've never introduced myself as my name is I've always mm-hmm. said I am familiar. no discovering who mm-hmm. can is is a totally different story <laughs>
0: That's a work in progress. Yeah. And it's okay to be a working in I can't say this enough. Like for the people in the back who refuse to hear it, I'm going to say it again. It doesn't matter how old you are or how accomplished you think you should be at this point. It's okay to still be figuring things out. I had to give myself permission mm-hmm. to do that because I felt like by now, I should know. I should be able to, like, stand concretely in who I am. But, but I can't. It's okay. You know, persons run, and running looks great. But if you're striving and taking decisive steps towards where you need to get to, it might take you longer, but at least you're on the path to where you need to get to, but who we are as persons. Because being a Black woman Like, would you say that's one facet of your identity or is it your entire being? I would say it's a
1: facet, but based on the society that we operate in, it is like, it just encapsulates everything. Like you are a black woman and that is it. And we are not like a monolith. So I'm a black woman, but I am this. I'm a black woman, but I am that. But we don't Mm -hmm. have the privilege of exploring all these different sides of us because we have to show up and just show out as a black woman because that's all we're seen as.
0: And that burden, Camellia, doesn't come without its fair share of health impacts. It's almost two sides of a double-edged sword because on one hand you're experiencing these physical ailments from exerting yourself at 100, 24-7, 365, you're feeling, you know, the mental ailments from just being tired of, you know, going back to those societal pressures, going back to personal issues that you might be faced with. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, our healthcare care
1: fails us. Yeah, sometimes we feel the physical pain, but we don't have the time to take this, oh, let's go to the doctor because you have this thing that needs taking care of this person that needs taking care of and so we will have the breast cancer but we, we're not paying attention to that so by the time you get to the doctor it's already spread too far there's nothing that can be done All and we- what
0: kind of care are you even getting at that doctor that's
1: a whole other can of worms <laughs> monica brought it up last week And I think we're going to explore that in its fulsomeness. I don't know if that's a word, but Mm -hmm. it's not going to be a word. It's going to be a word today. (laughs) So we're going to explore that at some point. And
0: then when you think about how, so say for example, you're experiencing exhaustion physically, mentally, to show that weakness in the Black community or even in society as a whole, it's like, how dare you be weak Like, how dare you not live up to what a Black woman is supposed to be? Mm -hmm. You can't, like, having any form of mental challenge is seen as a weakness. How dare you not have your things together? The Black community, not just Black women, there is this stigma associated with having mental health challenges, and I think that's something that we need to do away with. And And we need to make it okay to access services when we need them.
1: Having looked at all, maybe the negatives of being a strong Black woman, do you think that in all of this, there are any positives to it?
0: I say with almost everything, there is a certain level of dualism. So there is some positive with you know, aspiring and living the truth of what it means to be a strong Black woman, Mm. there comes a time when it's necessary to be strong. When if you aren't, then society is going to gobble you up and they're going to spit you out. So there are times in order to get through the barriers that society has created in order to navigate those pitfalls. We have to be strong. We have to armor up. We have to put on this tough, brave face and face those challenges head on, because that's the only way we're gonna get through. I think it's also necessary for aspirational purposes. Aspirational in the fact that it's good to see women who have achieved the things or the dreams that you know have. See that it is possible, but it can't be so unbalanced that we only see this one side and not acknowledge the sacrifices and the stress that went into achieving this one side that we're aspiring to.
1: And you know what? I like, I think one of the positives in being a strong black woman or being seen as a strong black woman is that people don't approach you a certain way. They don't approach you with certain bias. So when you show up into certain spaces, even though they have these expectations, they also expect that, you know what? I'm not going to be dealing with certain kind of bias. So you don't, you just leave that out of the equation. And I find that, that sometimes simplify certain things.
0: It's all about balance, like I said before, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing when it's necessary to bring that version of you to a situation to get ahead. And when it's necessary for you to be vulnerable and ask for help and say that I'm struggling and say that I need to be supported, there has to be a way for us to acknowledge and recognize both ends of the spectrum.
1: Which I think just rolls beautifully into solutions because we're all about solutions. We present problems, but we want to present some solutions. And you just mentioned one of the solutions, I think, which is knowing when to ask for help, when to acknowledge certain things, and not just mm-hmm. for that help, but learning to accept that help. Mm-hmm. Dr. Barnes mentioned that you've, you said something about armoring up and knowing when to disarm her. And she's like, When mm-hmm. you know, your spouse or significant other, you're supposed to be able to put that armor down. So if it is that those spaces are not readily available for you, create those spaces. Find one or two people who you know, you know what? I can be myself, I can, I can be authentic, I can express what it is that I'm feeling, I can ask for the help that I need, and then just accept the help without thinking that, oh, I'm weak, I'm being helped, and so it means that I have failed as a Black woman.
0: And I think it goes both ways. So it's knowing when to ask, like you said, and when to accept, but it's also knowing when to offer. Because mm. I think sometimes we see persons and we, we ask, oh, how are you? But are we really waiting for that response? When that response is the generic, oh, I'm doing great or "Oh, I'm doing lovely, are you really ready to help and to provide any kind of support to that person in any capacity? Because it might not even be that you're able to change their circumstances. But sometimes it's just listening, right? Sometimes it's just, you know, not telling them, oh, be strong or, oh, pray about it. Because we offer those solutions like they're the, the end-all, be-all, right? Just pray. You'll be I, fine.
1: I find it to be a couple sometimes because we don't want Absolutely. that we're supposed to do. We're like, oh, pray about it or I'll pray for you. I find like one of the best things that you can give people is your time. Agreed. It's, if it is that you're going to tell me that we're going to pray about it when you are the solution, like what are we praying about? I prayed about it and God sent you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Be
0: the change I need. Like, come on. But I think we have to (laughs) we have to make it, you know, a thing in our communities, in those spaces that we hold, that we actually realize that as a people, we need each other. Mm -hmm. And that it's not just me asking, but you offering as well. I think that's one of the ways that we can really help Mm -hmm. to bear the burdens.
1: Another solution that I'm thinking of, you mentioned it before, was therapy and normalizing that in our community, specifically getting help from people who are familiar with your experience. I'm not saying, you know, don't see a white um, psychologist or white therapist or whatever, but there's certain issues that aren't mm-hmm. relate to them. You can't, I, I feel like you can't give me advice. It's like I've always said, I don't give people parental advice because I'm not a parent. I don't give people marriage advice because I'm not married. So I feel like if you're not Black, then you just can't deal with it. So I would advocate for finding someone who is able to relate to your situation on a personal level to get the best help when you're looking for therapy.
0: Not to negate... The possibility that persons outside of your experience can provide support and can provide help. Because I think also as a community, we can be very judgmental. Mm -hmm. And it comes from experience half of the time, Mm -hmm. right? We can be judgmental in saying that, oh, this person is white, so they won't be able to help me with my problems. Or this person hasn't been through what I've been through, so they won't be able to help me with my problem. While there is a certain level of credibility and a certain level of wisdom that comes with having gone through an experience and having that ability to relate on that level, it must be said that it's okay as well to accept help or to seek help from somebody who doesn't look exactly like me. And that sometimes can provide alternative solutions that somebody who is a replica of you in experience might not have
1: i agree but i feel like and some generic things they will be able to um and then as you said it can provide uh, another perspective another option that somebody else would probably not have looked at But I still advocate for looking for somebody who. I do.
0: (laughs) I agree with you. I do advocate, and there's, I would definitely feel more secure in a space that everybody looks like me, and my experience won't be used in harming me, Mm but in actually helping me to heal. So I agree that there are certain things that are better when shared with those who are alike in mind and in experience so we can know that there is a safe space to be vulnerable
1: I feel like that's a beautiful note in which to end I think this was a
0: very fruitful conversation I say this every week and it's really because I believe it yeah I always feel like even though we're hosting having these conversations they do a lot of work for me Mm -hmm. personally internally in terms of like self-reflection and awareness, so coming out of these conversations, I always feel more aligned. Yeah,
1: yeah. And as you mentioned, creating space for me, this feels like therapy because it's just coming and talking and just mm-hmm. expressing some of my feelings, some of my emotions, and then realizing that hey, you are not alone in this. Like somebody else feels like you do and yes this, or they do this and this is how they cope and so for me it's like a safe space where i just get to express myself and gain some kind of strength and perspective going into my week or going into something else
0: and i hope our listeners feel that way as well our hope is that from listening and engaging that you'll actually find this somewhat therapeutic for you as well where you can identify and you can realize that wherever you are and whatever your situation is, it's not selective to you and there are other persons going through a similar situation as well that can identify with how you're feeling
1: and can offer a word of encouragement or you know some kind of solution so you're not alone
0: And if you ever like please we say this all the time and we say it almost like just as the part of a script, but mm. if ever you're at a place and you feel the need to reach out to someone and there is no one available, find us, yes. talk to us, yes. engage with us on social media. I personally man that page and I will be there in whatever capacity I can mm. to
1: provide you with
0: encouragement or a listening ear, whatever your situation might
1: be absolutely totally totally agree i'm i promise to to do that just that too awesome and that's a wrap for this week's episode of the podcast thank you guys for tuning in join us again next week same time same place uh that
0: is it have a great weekend guys remember to take care of yourselves mind body and soul until we talk again next week friday peace (laughs)